Here we go. Welcome to the WTOP huddle, the Super Bowl edition. Dave Johnson with Rob Woodford, Christian, Dave Preston. But before we get to the Super Bowl, I, I think I was just reading this. It's mandatory. We have to start with the Washington football quarterback uh, situation. <laughs> Actually, uh, a development there. Certainly, we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks of possibilities of Matthew Stafford. Uh, it seemed like, I don't know if you want to call it the shining light, but but certainly a, a shiny uh, uh, quarterback option out there that, that, that might be an option for Washington no longer traded by the Detroit Lions to the Los Angeles Rams. So before we get to the Super Bowl, where to now? The Washington uh, football team. Rob Woodfork, take her away. Uh, what's, what's the plan now that Washington no longer is in the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes, although apparently they were. Yeah, apparently they were. There was a report that they had offered a first-round pick, at least one first-round pick uh, in that, uh, in that uh, Stafford derby, so to speak. And uh, – and, what let, let's let's parse out the trade shall we just real quick so what stafford represents for la is a slight ever so slight upgrade over uh jared goff uh but uh, I, I think what they paid to um I, I think what what the rams paid was more so to take that big horrible jared goff contract off their books so I think when people look at that and there was, and I was guilty of this too, initially, you know, well, what, what, what will Deshaun Watson cost if this guy who, uh, you know, they couldn't wait to get rid of is worth two ones and, uh, you know, and all that compensation. Um, it, it was really payment to get that big unwieldy contract off of their books. So I think in a Deshaun Watson trade, uh, which obviously Washington would still be wise to try and get in on, uh, it may not cost you quite that much, but then again, maybe it does. So uh, really Washington, uh, and we were discussing this before, you can't run it back with the guys you got. So standing pad is not an option. I think that, uh, and, and I wish George was here because number one, he really hated the, uh, the Stafford idea and he even hates just as bad my push for Cam Newton because quite frankly, he's not going to cost you that much. And he already knows the system. There's familiarity there. And if anything has been established since, uh, since Coach Ron Rivera took over here, it's that he's all about re putting the band back together, so to speak, and getting as many people that he's comfortable with here in this organization as possible. So uh, I, I, don't, I have a hard time seeing it be an option other than Cam Newton, unless, of course, they're able to work out something with the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson and something that doesn't cripple their franchise moving forward. So uh, as much as, uh, you know, as much as we'd love to see number four here, uh, I still think cheese dolphins are at the front of the line in that, uh, in that Derby. Well, indeed. And, and so Cam Newton's your best option right now, looking at, at everything and Stan Pat is he's, not an option. He, he's not the best player available, but he is the best option for Washington. And there is a difference. Right. Okay. Christian, uh, maybe Deshaun, uh, again, Deshaun Watson, we don't think is in the realm of possibility. But for the record, I didn't think the Wizards were going to beat the Nets the other night and score eight points in eight seconds. So as long as it's still <laughs> out there as a possibility, anything's possible. Uh, your thoughts, though, uh, now that Matthew Stafford is off the, off the list. And kudos to you on that call, Dave. By the way, that was an awesome end to the game. Listen to that on the radio uh, network for the Wizards, and uh, you just do an outstanding job there. Really exciting. This Wizards team might be coming along, but as far as Washington goes, I don't think we need to make a Russell Westbrook-type splash here in town. I think that there was a report that came out Saturday that really struck me. Um, 
uh, head coach, former head coach Jay Gruden telling the Washington Post how uh, the coaches and the staff and Kyle Smith, they would evaluate college guys and then they would have their pick and it would be ready. And Daniel Snyder would come in off of his yacht and make the pick. I think it almost helps now that the exposure has been made through the media, through the post. And maybe Snyder will say, I'm not doing that anymore. And he gives these guys the opportunity to draft their own player. And somebody that I'm eyeing up at the number 19 spot, still somebody who, according to Roster Watch, which is one of the uh, best independent evaluators of college talent and NFL, they said Mac Jones, they've been at the, the, the yeah. Senior Bowl all week. They said Mac Jones has had one of the best Senior Bowl practices, performances, metrics that they've seen in quite some time. And that's somebody who could be there at number 19. And if it's not him at 19, it could be a Kyle Trask type guy. I just think this draft class is too loaded to be leveraging and, and giving up all of these first round picks for a quarterback like Deshaun Watson is outstanding. He's top three, he's top four, but I don't want to be the Rams and give up seven years in a row of first round picks. That's just a lot. You, the best organizations develop through the draft. So I just don't think they should get away from that. I think they should continue now with the Rivera staff in there, evaluate these college guys. You've got a big enough talent pool. Go with that. And uh, I, it's funny how we, we don't talk about Taylor Heineke uh, as a possibility anymore. It's like we, he was the, the flavor for a week or two, and we've like kind of moved off that. And that's fine. I, I don't know that I would be thinking, oh, I feel good about Heineke as the future well, here. He should, be, he should be in the mix. He should be able to compete for a roster spot. But, I mean, that was a, breaking, a break glass in case of emergency situation. Yeah. And I don't think you can go into the season feeling good about this guy being your starting quarterback. And, uh, and Mac Jones – and this isn't his fault. This is no reflection on him. But when was the last time you saw an Alabama quarterback? Ball? I agree. Yep. It's there are red flags there. Yeah. I just uh, I think if you don't like him, you have other options in that range that you could maybe like a little bit more. A Trey Lance from North Dakota State. I bring him up a lot. He might be top 10. But if he's there, that could be a good pick. Yeah, for me, Alabama quarterbacks are almost like basically anybody from Duke. It's like the, you know what I'm saying? Like there are certain positions that don't necessarily translate to the pros, um, you know, based on what it is that they're doing in college. So Mac Jones scares me a little bit, even though I agree with everything you're saying. My family's from North Dakota, so maybe I should go vote for North Dakota. <laughs> from Grand Forks, North Dakota, my grandmother used to say, uh, when you're from North Dakota, they ask you, what are you going to do? during the summer and they'd say well if it comes on a weekend we'll have a picnic it's, it's cold up there <laughs> for, for north dakota so we've got one cam newton or, or some kind of veteran option cheese leaning toward the draft dave preston the quarterback I like, situation i think, you, I think uh, first and foremost you have to see what you can do to upgrade the position whether it's trading for deshaun watson or bringing in a veteran quarterback because right now you've got alex smith who there's no proof that he can last even eight games let alone 16 uh, you have uh, taylor heineke who We've seen him in splashes, but that was with no one having tape on him. Now there's tape on him, and defensive coordinators are going to game plan for him. And, oh, by the way, this guy also gets hurt. Uh, you have Kyle Allen, who showed us a little bit of flash, but there's a reason why, Kat, why uh, Kyle Allen is not a starter in the NFL. And guess what? He gets hurt, too. So I think I wouldn't be surprised to see the team uh, move forward and try to you know pick someone in the first or second round or try to uh, make the necessary trade. Deshaun Watson might not be in the cards for this team. That's a crying shame. Cam Newton is a name that we will hear until 
he retires, maybe even 10 years after Cam retires, just like Colt McCoy was always a possibility for this team. I, I think there are enough holes on this team elsewhere, too, that, as we've mentioned, you can't mortgage the future because by trading a ton of draft picks because the, it, there's no guarantee you're going to even hit on the, on the picks that you have. And the teams that do well over the years are those with a surplus of second and third round picks, players who don't have necessarily the first round attitude, but who have the first round skill that might drop to the second or slip to the third. So I hope they're able to do that. Uh, but in a quarterback league, you do need to have somebody competent, somebody who can be a starter for 16 games, whether you get them through the draft and grow them, whether you get them through free agency. It, that is a position that needs to be addressed this offseason for this team. Yeah, well, it's probably a very good thing that George Wallace is not on this call because I, I agree with the, with Rob about, about Cam Newton because I think <laughs> familiarity is key with Rob, and that's you know Kyle Allen, the argument, of course, for, for bringing in Kyle Allen. So I, I think Cam actually- Newton would- no, actually what Preston was saying, I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, actually, what Preston was saying calls to mind sort of a follow-up question then. How close do we think Washington is to Super Bowl contention? Because I think we're looking at this team through the prism of this team was re- was good on defense. They could run the ball uh, uh, pretty fairly consistently, consistently. I mean, it could have been better, but they were good running the football. They really were a quarterback away from being good. So... I mean, how close are they to Super Bowl contention and how far do you go all in on that? Because, I mean, there's been a lot of talk here over the last couple of weeks about the Green Bay Packers not going all in on uh, trying to maximize their championship window with Aaron Rodgers. And that maybe cost them in these last two NFC championship games. Well, Washington is a team that historically kind of goes all in on on, uh, going on a Super Bowl, whether they were close to it or not. This may be the closest they've been. I mean, how close do we think they are? Well, I think that that's it. That... Yeah, I think that their their defensive numbers may have been goosed a little bit by the fact that at times this past year the offense was just so woefully inept that like the second half uh, with Seattle where they just basically kind of ran the clock out. The Rams uh, when they came to DC, they uh, had the lead at the half and they said, you know what, we'll just so they didn't put up huge numbers against this defense. I think the defense, the back seven, still needs to be vastly improved. Uh, and I think offensively, they, yes, they're a quarterback away, but they're also another target for whoever that quarterback is away. They're still an offensive lineman maybe away uh, from being a contender. But this is a league that it's a snapshot league. It's a turnaround league. If you can't get to Sean Watson, I would get him, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't overpay for a, a mid-level guy as far as trading a bunch to get somebody who's just okay. Yeah, well, I think quarterback away is, is not like saying rounding up to the dollar. It, it's still a, a big get Washington needs to, to have. And, and the perfect example is who's in the Super Bowl? Elite quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. And and I don't I don't see a, a situation like the Ravens of 2000, whatever that year, where, where you can get away without having yeah, uh, an elite <laughs> you can't do that anymore. You so I think that anymore. So the league is, is changed. The trend Dilfer, right? And I, I'm forgetting the year, but it, 2000, the, yeah. 2000 there we yeah. go. Well, I got it right. But, but, but that's the bottom <laughs> line, quarterback away. And that's not that easy to get. That's, but, uh, and again, you're, you're dancing so much on the fall line because <laughs> it takes more than just the quarterback to win. So you can't give up every draft pick in your cupboard to get that quarterback. So that's what makes it a challenge. And that's why, 
have so many people in the front office that make the big bucks that have to, to sort this out. But it, I, it's clear that there's also this is a league where you, you, there's a, a bit of a win now uh, window always. And that's also part of the pressure. There's pieces on this Washington football team you want to take advantage of now, including on the offense, most notably Terry McLaurin. So that that adds to the pressure. We just mentioned uh, it's a it, Super Bowl that features elite quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Tom Brady is 10th. That, that's still, that, that just blows me away. That, that a lot. Most organizations haven't been to 10 Super Bowls in history. No, oh, and been he's been 10 in 20 years. It's yeah. insane. And he's 43, and, and, and he hinted it maybe he'll play beyond 45. So we'll see with that. With that, Chi, we'll start with you. Super Bowl, your, your thought on the big story. What, what, what should we look at this week? Of course, the Chiefs beat the Buccaneers, and Patrick Mahomes had the one up during the regular season, 27 24. Yeah, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win. I uh, I know it's going against the spread, but uh, I just think that defensively, Tampa Bay is just good enough to limit Patrick Holmes and Mahomes enough. You're not going to stop this Chiefs offense. They're going to put probably 27 to 30, 34, somewhere in that range. But the Chiefs don't really have an outstanding defense. I mean, they can get to the quarterback a little bit, but that plays right into Tom Brady's strengths with the quick dink and dunk and uh, throw and getting the ball away quickly. And they've got a running game. Playoff Lenny is real. I mean, the guy was doing spin moves, getting into the end zone, and they're not going to have Antonio Brown, but you know, probably, but Scotty Miller steps up, and this guy runs a 4-3, and they've got two adequate tight ends. Uh, Gronk, I mean, he's not exactly, uh, you know, looking nimble these days, but he can break off a 40-yard catch. And Cameron Brait's been so, – so, it, to me, the Buccaneers, their roster is just the better roster when it comes to the well-roundedness of it that I think Tampa Bay wins in an absolutely thriller. It might come down to a field goal at the end or t- last touchdown drive. But this is not going to be the year like when the Broncos absolutely smashed Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. I think we've got a good football game coming. And I think, uh, you know, I'm not calling it the National Fixed League or anything like that. But, like, doesn't it just seem like, of course, the story is Tom Brady during a tough year uh, for all of us goes and wins the Super Bowl. I mean, of course that happens. So that's what I think happens. We should all have the timing and luck of the NFL, it would seem. Uh, Rob Woodfork? The Super Bowl. Uh, well, first of all, just uh, something stuck out there when uh, when Chi was talking. I just want to point this out. So because everybody uh, gives me or certain people give me grief about when, when I bring up race. If uh, Scotty Miller was a black dude, we would talk more about how fast he is. That dude is a burner. Don't compare him to Wes Welker and all them other cats in New England. This guy's for real. And he's an X factor in this game. But uh you know, but, but the, the thing that sticks out to me and what I feel like I haven't heard too many people talk about is that Patrick Mahomes is going to be playing behind a makeshift offensive line in this game. Both of the starting tackles for the Chiefs are going to be out for this game. Uh, one of their backup interior linemen test uh, is in COVID protocol, so he's probably not going to play. So they're going to be shorthanded up front. So if Patrick Mahomes, and he's fully capable of being able to uh, account for those losses, um, that may be a big uh, uh, issue uh, for this game. Because remember, the Buccaneers had, what, five sacks of uh, Aaron Rodgers? So uh, he's he's a pretty mobile quarterback, too. So uh, I, I think that that's going to have a, a big impact on this game. And as much as I want to resist and as much as I want to fight it, I, I do think the Buccaneers are going to end up pulling out this game 
And that's going to be a big reason why. And, uh, and honestly, it would be good to see uh, the local kid, <laughs> uh, Byron Leftwich, be able to get that hardware. And, um, and, and hopefully it leads to more awareness that there are some really qualified uh, 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 coaches of color out there. And we're seeing, we brought this up last week, uh, four out of the six coordinators in this game are, uh, are black coaches. And, uh, and I will hope that these guys can get jobs so we can stop talking about black coaches because everybody's talking about, we keep bringing it up. We keep, well, we keep bringing it up because nobody's hiring these qualified candidates. So hopefully this brings the awareness and hopefully that we get a game for the ages. If it's anything like the one that we saw in the regular season, we're going to be in for a treat on Sunday night. Yeah, and for those coaches, Super Bowl, they tell me it's a pretty good thing to put on your resume. So which mean, makes you wonder why Eric Bieniemy hasn't been hired. But anyway, Dave right. Preston, the well, Super Bowl. I, and, and again, to play off Rob's uh, point there, I, it, regardless if Leftwich or Bieniemy get uh, you know jobs, I can't imagine their press conferences be any worse than the one that we saw with the, <laughs> the Nick Sirianni's. Oh my goodness. Oh my, you know, the thing is, <laughs> but Dan Campbell's press conference with the biting kneecaps was so bad that the Eagles had to do so much worse to kind of eclipse that in, in a certain way. It wasn't maroon and black, but it was definitely close. I mean, Sirianni I said, hold my beer. And he actually looked like a dude who would say, hold my beer. Yeah. So, <laughs> point well, yeah. And, and it actually hold my Zima. I think that's, that's, that's more his thing. Uh, I, I think I, I like Tampa because uh, first and foremost, they're at home. They, they, they don't, I think in, a normal year, it wouldn't play into it as much, but with the pandemic, with the protocols, with the way that teams have to travel this week and this, that, and the other thing, I, I think there's something to be said about the logistics, the hoops that the Chiefs are going to have to jump through uh, over this uh, next week uh, going into the Super Bowl. That, that's one reason. And, and Tampa is at home. They can be extremely comfortable. Uh, two, I like the Tampa Bay defense uh, as opposed to the Chiefs defense. Uh, I like what they do, how they get after the quarterback. Uh, Rob uh, and Chris have both talked about some of the situations. The, the two missed tackles, you can't discount that. Uh, also, I, I think the Chiefs, over the course of this season, they've been playing, they've been playing very fast and loose with uh, a lot of close games. Games that are much closer than they should have been, and they're still able to find ways to win you look at the game that I think wrapped up home field advantage for them in the AFC, uh, a missed extra point by the Atlanta Falcons, a sub-500 team getting them there. The game against Cleveland where uh, they definitely uh, did quite a bit to put the Browns back into the game. Even the Bills, you know, they, they were up 38-15, and instead of just putting their foot to the, the, the pedal and continuing to uh, drive the Bills into the ground, they let Buffalo back into that game to where all of a sudden it was, oh, my goodness, you know, they're, they're, should they be going for two? Should they not be going for two? Which, if the Chiefs had continued to play up to their ability, shouldn't have even been a question. It, it reminds me, and we all cover different teams that do this over the years. Georgetown, uh, in 2008, coming off of their Final Four season, uh, it was the, I think it was a Jeff Green team. They had a ton of games that they just seemingly pulled out of their socks, for lack of a uh, non-family friendly uh, term and it, it cost and they wound up losing to Steph Curry and, uh, and and Davidson in the second round and it was one of those seasons where it just they had so many miracle finishes so many close games that shouldn't have been close games that when you tempt fate enough eventually fate gets you and I think Tampa Bay does it 
even if they don't wear those cream school uniforms, which I wish they did also. Yes, well, and I, I guess I'll make it unanimous with Tampa Bay. I think uh, questions on the Chiefs offensive line, right away, that is that is a red flag for me, even though Patrick Mahomes, if anybody can can deal with a makeshift offense, offensive line, it's, it's Patrick Mahomes. But I think that Buccaneers uh, defense is, is too good in that situation. And also uh, the Tom Brady factor. I'll, I'll throw that out there that uh, he has won six titles. A guy named Michael Jordan has won six titles. Not that he's trying to one-up uh, Michael Jordan, but he has that kind of uh, greatness like a Michael Jordan, that competitive fire like a Michael Jordan, clearly, that's led him to all the success that he's had. So I actually think the fact that the Buccaneers lost to the Chiefs in the regular season, even though Tom Brady smiles and, and keeps it calm at, at press conferences, I think that's more motivation for him that he wants to beat uh, the Chiefs because that's the way Michael Jordan rolled in his day in the NBA. So uh, I think the, the GOAT factor is, is involved in this Super Bowl as well. So and Actually, the GOAT factor kind of cuts both ways here because this is a legacy. Uh, first of all, Tom Brady's legacy is safe. Whether he wins, right. loses, draws, whatever, like he is the GOAT. But if Patrick Mahomes finds a way to win this game, if he plays out of his mind, wins Super Bowl MVP, even without the starting tackles and, you know, the defense has the letdown or what have you, if he wins this game head-to-head -head against Brady, it becomes a discussion again, especially if he gets a couple more championships. Yeah, and, it, and I think that's also a factor because I was watching Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes on an interview on NFL Network, and there's clearly mutual respect uh, among the two. But, but I got to believe Tom Brady's thinking – all right, you're going to have your day, but I'm, I'm still uh, in He's charge. He's literally of old enough to be his father. <laughs> know, put yeah. that in context, he is 18. Yeah. It's the biggest uh, age difference between starting quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. He is 18 plus years older yeah. than the guy he's going up against. That's yeah. just unbelievable. And Mr. Short Brady, I hope we have a good game. I hope he calls him Mr. Brady at some point. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right, Mr. Brady. Well, again, unanimous on the uh, Buccaneers. All Buccaneers will come back next week to talk about who was right and who was wrong.